Well, as everybody knows, the last dance wrapped up this weekend, and I couldn't help myself but think there's a big connection here between Michael Jordan and the Henry Viscardi School. While we probably would have wanted MJ at this school at some point during the 90s, while they were winning, so too were the HBS Cougars and Cubbies, and the man who engineered it all, Joe Salonica, is with me now. And Joe, I know you didn't really watch the documentary, but I've got to ask you about that era, because it was quite an era for both the Bulls and HBS. Yeah, I mean, the 90s, you know, the Bulls, um, I went to a lot of Knicks games, you know, back then, you know, with the Bulls and, you know, MJ was was a great player and, you know, the Bulls had an, a dynasty. They had the team, you know, they were the team to beat. Um, yeah, it was incredible. As a sports fan, it mm -hmm. was something great to see. But as we're watching that, you also saw our program develop and win as well. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of, you know, emulated what, you know, Phil Jackson and the, the Bulls had a little bit, you know. You know, you, you kind of, you know, as a coach, you know, I'm a wheelchair basketball coach. Mm -hmm. As a coach, you, you want to pick and choose who you want to be like. Mm. And Phil Jackson is, you know, why not want to be like him? So you kind of build the program the the way he did. You know, you have your, your point guard, you got your, you know, your rebounder, your defender, you know. Well, Joe, you've, you've, you totally did my job here. I should have introduced you. You are the HBS wheelchair basketball coach, and I've known you for, what, 25 years now. And so in that time, I've seen the program grow. I was on it for a few years, and I just – it struck me, the parallels. And while we didn't really get – uh, national recognition like Jordan, we definitely had our own style going. Yes, absolutely. You know, in the world of wheelchair basketball and adapted wheelchair basketball, you know, we were it, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, we continue, you know, that, that, that prowess today. Um, you know, people want to be like us, which is a great feeling. Yeah. A great deal. Yeah. Great compliment to our program. And you were just talking me off the air. We might be in lockdown, but the program still is going, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, in today's world, you know, right now, everybody's Zooming, mm -hmm. right? So we, we have the opportunity to Zoom with our kids at school, whether it's, you know, about math or basketball. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have a great opportunity to, you know, meet with my kids on the day that they're supposed to have basketball practice. So like and Tuesday, Thursday in. nights. Correct. Whether it's a Monday night for JV, Tuesdays okay. for varsity, and then Thursday for the low guys. You know, it's it's a great way to check in and see how everybody's doing, you know. Um, I think that's very important mm -hmm. to want to check in with everybody and just say hi, you know, um, thinking about you. How's it going? Um, you know, because nobody's done this before. This is new to everybody. Joe, have you seen this community come together during this time more so than maybe other times? Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of great support. You know, uh, people want to do for other people, whether it's, you know, getting a computer to a kid or getting a basketball to a kid, definitely uh, some food and things like that. Yeah. You know, people are definitely stepping up. 
And that is huge. And of course, we've seen crisis before. I mean, 9-11, I just remember everybody was stuck there at the at Viscardi during that day. That was pretty yeah. terrible. Yeah, that was a bad day. And were you stuck day. over with them during that day? Or did you, what was your role that day? Um, well, I was, uh, what was I doing? I was hanging out. I mean, I didn't stay overnight. Um, okay. You know, a lot of the medical staff and things like that. Um, you know, I, I lived locally at that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they got a lot of the uh, people out of there, you know, at a certain time. And um, I stayed pretty late. Um, I remember I stories of people having to, to sleep away. over there and everything like that too. Say again, I'm sorry. I remember stories of people having to sleep over there after yeah, 9/11. They turned medical into you know some sleeping quarters, you know, in the gym. Um, yeah, you know, and then we had to get some kids to the hospital, you know, uh, because of you know specific medical issues that you know you know they have. Right, Joe. You know, we're we're sort of talking locally, but for those maybe on other outlets that may not have heard of us before, tell us what HVS is and, and the basketball program. Give us a little more in-depth about the Henry Viscardi School and why uh, I felt compelled to talk about this today. Okay. All right. Yeah. So the Henry Viscardi School was built in 1962 by a man named Dr. Henry Viscardi Jr. He was a man that was born without legs, and he was a man that wasn't really treated very nicely as a kid, wasn't... Uh, educated uh, very well. So he had this goal, this idea to uh, build a school where a kid can go to and have a good, safe, quality education. Uh, We are a regional school, so our kids come from Nassau, Suffolk, the five boroughs, or Westchester. You are a student at our school uh, because, for whatever reason, your home home district can't or won't meet your needs. It could be as simple as, I'm in a wheelchair, and the school I'm supposed to go to doesn't have a ramp or an elevator, so I can't access the building. It could be that I have a disability and I learn differently, mm-hmm. right? And my home district doesn't have the ways and means like we do at Viscardi, the technology and things like that. Or it could be quite simply, you know, my disability is such that I need medical attention during the day and a simple nurse's station where you get a band-aid and an aspirin is not sufficient not at all and uh and joe you you though take the mind off that for the kids and you've had this program it was your creation wheelchair basketball right right so i I was born with spina bifida i'm in a wheelchair uh so i know what what sports did for me Mm. you know i found sports when i was 18 years old a little bit later in life I found wheelchair basketball. I went to Stony Brook University. I found, I I met my first friend with a disability. And quite simply, she said, you know what? You're in a wheelchair. So what? Suck it up. Let's go play some basketball. Mm -hmm. Put a basketball in my hand and it took off. I met a lot of great people, guys and girls. I got to travel a lot uh, uh, across the country to play wheelchair basketball. And when I started at Viscardi, um, there was a need. You know, the parents were, uh, my kid comes to school and goes home and watches TV. You know, but my other kids, the neighbors, the cousins, they're playing sports. They're doing this. They're doing that. So I had simply said, hey, you know what? I just started playing this game wheelchair basketball about two or three years earlier. 
let's see if we can figure something out. So with some PTs and some OTs at school and some friends at the National Wheelchair Basketball Association, right. we figured it out. And we developed a game where our kids who are in manual chairs, power chairs, braces, walkers, crutches, you know, everything can play together. You know, and that was the idea. That was the important thing that everybody had an equal fair shot to play. So we developed a game where you have a two-foot basket, a four-foot basket, and an eight-foot basket. And depending on the kid's ability, they shot at that one basket. But everything else, basketball was the same. You know, it's five on the side. Yeah. The, you know, the chair is part of the body, so chair-to-chair -chair contact is considered a foul. If you're able to, you dribble. Mm -hmm. um, passing is the same, whether it's a chest pass or a bounce pass. Um, defense, we, don't, we instill a two-on-two zone defense and emotion right. offense. Joe, uh, people that have kids with disabilities that might be hearing this for the first time, what's your encouragement to them to not only do Viscardi, but in general, get their kid out and about? What's your encouragement to them today? Okay, as, as a kid, if you're a kid looking, you know, for a niche in life, right? Mm -hmm. Basketball, specifically wheelchair athletics, is a great way to find yourself, you know, um, you know, you're, you're active, you're meeting people, you're going places. Um, that's all important stuff, especially for a person with a disability, instead of, you know, just kind of hanging inside, watching TV all day. It's important to be active and whatever you can do, you need to do. Yes. Um, and whatever kind of function you have, you need to keep that, right? And Correct. athletics, whether it's playing basketball or just cruising around the neighborhood mm -hmm. in your wheelchair, that's important, you know, because your body, you need, your body needs exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to stay in shape and stay fit. And those of us that have disabilities need to do that even more because we are behind the eight ball physically and medically. Right. You know, so some things don't work for us. So we need to take advantage of the things that do work. As for Viscardi, um, as a school, it's a great place. It's fantastic. I mean, you know, you, you get a great quality education. We are Regents accredited. Um, Dr. V had the idea that not only will you have an education, but you'll have the opportunity to have therapies there. Right, whether it's right. physical therapy, occupational therapy, things like that. We at Viscardi wanted to, and he wanted to make it as real a school as we can. You mm -hmm. know, so anything that the quote-unquote able-bodied world does in school, we do. Whether it's playing basketball, going to prom, senior right. class trips, student council, um, well, I was going to say, how, how much does sports, because remember, in the 90s, Jordan had this big world open up because he was doing basketball, he went overseas and did all that, but sports for you and even the kids at HBS, they get doors open when they join the sports programs, don't they? Yes, yeah, absolutely, because wheelchair athletics is not very well known, and if you're good at it, right, and in today's world especially, you know, I like the idea that you know, the, the, the corporate world, the media is looking at a person with a disability and not 
feeling sorry for them, but encouraging them and congratulating them mm -hmm. because whatever obstacles they face, they're overcoming by doing something athletically. Joe, did, are you saying then there's an actually an uptick in hirings uh, for people with disabilities in today's world? There, yes, there are. I do see a lot more opportunities Good. for people with disabilities in, in the corporate world. Um, I do see a lot of opportunities, you know, in the, the media world where, you know, back in the day, they would put an able-bodied actor in a wheelchair and let them portray somebody has a disability in today's world yep. you know they're using the real thing and look at ali stroker she was she's actually going to be with us in october but look at her she just won an, uh, a tony award it's amazing there you go there you go case in point ali stroker that's phenomenal you know that she was... was supposed to be at our um reach for a star this past april well i was told she's going to actually be there in october which will be pretty cool yes so, yeah yeah almost... we rescheduled that for october Joe, I really can't get past this point, but you know, my dad actually talked about another star of the 90s, Patrick Ewing, and how Patrick was going through contract negotiations with the Knicks. He was fairly unhappy with them, yet my dad gained a different perspective when he saw one Scotty Bubba Pollock, and Joe, we had a special kid dribble the ball, play basketball with no arms and two legs, yeah. Scotty Pollock. I mean... Let's just call it what it is. He had that rise like Jordan did in the wheelchair basketball world. And to watch them in parallel must have been pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Scotty was, Scotty was something special. You know, he, he really blossomed when he came to school and was introduced to wheelchair basketball. That is, that's what had happened for me. You know, just it's a simple game, basketball. Mm -hmm. But it can do, it can open up an entire world. Right, and here's a kid, like you said, he was born without any arms. Right, he dribbled, he was in a power chair. Right, he drove his power chair with one foot and he dribbled with the other. Mm -hmm. We had specific plays with him where you know we had we created a wheelchair basketball alley oop. That's amazing, right? you know, the first of its kind, and it worked every time. All right, because the defense was on him trying to get the ball, he would just flip it up to one of his teammates, shoot at the four-foot hoop. It was phenomenal. And even his shot, you know, he'd sit at the top of the key and nobody can beat him. He also pushed his players to play hard like you do, right? I mean, he pushed his guys to work with him on the court. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the ultimate captain. You know, he he will forever be the ultimate mm -hmm. captain. You know, he he when he was on the court, he was the general. Everybody listened to him. You know, I, I know when we were playing ball, right, all I had to do was just watch Scotty. Right. Do what Scotty says, right? He's and that was Right. And he always put the kids in the right spot. Joe, we I were also, in that time, we were dealing with people that would jump out of their wheelchair basketball chairs to try and make a hoop. But he was not like that. He played by the rules. And that was also admirable. Absolutely, absolutely. He he played this game pure, just like Michael Jordan. Absolutely, he played this game pure. You know, he didn't want to taint it. He didn't want to take advantage of it. He knew what basketball gave him, 
and he wanted to give back to basketball. And I know we do the Scotty Pollock, you know, award every sportsmanship tournament and you just go to pieces and, and there's no you know, question why, right? I mean, there's no question why that no, happens. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I mean, it's the poor kid, he passed away, what? Uh, 10, like 13 years 15, ago now, I think. 15 or, years 15 ago. Years ago, yeah, yeah. 15 years ago, right? 15 years ago, he passed away. This is December. And like you said, we give the award every year. And it, it tears me up. I wonder, like, what do you look for? It, it, no one can be Scotty, but how does that measure? Nobody up? can be, right. Nobody can be Scotty. You can't replace a Scotty, but you can have the traits and the qualities, mm-hmm. right? I, and that's what we look for. Somebody that is a team player. Somebody that is, you know, mm-hmm. is a captain. Is somebody that... You know, not, it's not even just on the court, but off the court. Scotty was all over the yeah. place. He had a lot of friends. He was involved in everything. He did everything. So he was a well-rounded person, right? He was a well-rounded player. Um, so that's what we look for, you know, yep. in, in giving the award. That reminds me of my next point. You know, I, don't, I think you were at that hockey game, but Dean hit the puck the wiffle ball and it hit scotty in the nose he started bleeding and he kept playing on i was like this is the guy that scotty pollock is yeah, he can hit have, anywhere and keep playing yes absolutely i mean i remember on the basketball court he got hit in the face with a basketball right his teeth started bleeding but yet you know what he kept playing yes he the did. day you know the weekend that he passed away we had a tournament he came to me and said you know what coach i have a headache I said, okay, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to play. I was like, okay, great. You know? So Joe, did he look to you like Jordan looked to Jackson? Like, did he still look for you at that mentorship level? Yes, absolutely. We had a great relationship, uh, great friends. Um, you know, he he wanted to be more. He wanted, mm-hmm. you know, that next step. He was never happy with where he was at. He wanted to see how far he could push on him. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, quite a remarkable run and, and story with him. You know, he but, was, he, he was one of the first kids to ever take the baskets that we have, the two and the four foot basket okay. and have his family make it at home so he could practice at home because one day a week practice and playing on the weekends wasn't good enough for him. Mm-hmm. He wanted to play all the time. I know, and then there's some video of that, which I'll play at the end of this interview because it was just so moving. You got to see how this kid did it. It was amazing. It was amazing. Absolutely. He was doing everything, including sports, and you and I both see it today. Sports athletes are encouraged to only do one thing now. They're only encouraged to do one sport. But at Biscardi, we're still saying, no, play every sport you can, which is pretty powerful and pretty empowering. Yes, absolutely. I mean, as a kid, you know, as a, you know, whether you're at Biscardi or a student, um, I think it's important to broaden your horizons, right? Don't just pick one sport. You know, we in the wheelchair um, athletic field, you know what? We're never going to go pro, right? Right. We're never going to get paid for what we do. We do it for the love of the game, right, for the competition. So there is no reason why you can't play more than one sport. I do it all the time. I'm playing something every part of the He's year. He's even skydiving, everybody. He's even skydiving. 
And don't forget the scuba dive. I'm and scuba, yeah. So, yeah. Doing a lot. And, uh, you know, actually with wheelchair basketball, there is a competition because some of these colleges are doing, as you mentioned, college basketball, a wheelchair basketball too. Yes. Now, the NWBA has been great, and they recognize now that a kid growing up with a disability deserves that opportunity yep. at quality competition. So a lot of colleges are setting them themselves with NCAA scholarships to play wheelchair basketball. I think there's like maybe 20 teams or 20 schools across the country, That's including amazing. now coming up, Cooney. Real well because there's actually a partnership. Yeah, that I've heard about this that they're going to start doing that. So yep, Cooney uh, City University in New York in 2020, 2021 will be part of the NWBA Collegiate Division. That's a, that's which awesome. Is fantastic. For now, did you work on that project? Here. Say again. Did you work on that project with? Cooney? No, I did not. You did not. Okay, I did not. Because I know a few of those guys that brought me on as the announcer back then they're in cuny now so this is going to be great to see that unfold it's, it's fantastic yeah, i know i know one of our um uh former viscardiites Bernil. she's involved oh very cool uh, well, Sutherland. on the campus over there at queens if i'm not mistaken so she's right. involved too yes and it's great because all our kids and we should mention this are city kids as well so it gives them an opportunity if they can't find anything on the island hey you still have a city outlet now right right you know and and actually, another one of our students, Destiny, um, mm -hmm. she's in Hostos College. I think that's in Manhattan. Yeah, in Manhattan. Um, so she was also on a Cuomo ad. Did you see that? She was yes, on a Cuomo yes, ad. So Yes, yes. Pretty yes. cool. Yeah, so that is fantastic that the NWBA and Cooney have, you know, reached a, a partnership. That's fantastic. Joe, Obviously, we're centered around sports at Viscardi, but how do we? How do you guys make sure we keep on the books on the learning scale as well? Okay, well, it's a little tough, you know, in, in today's world right now, and doing this distance learning, it's mm -hmm. a little tough. You know, our kids are physically challenged; they have a lot of needs. Um, you know, so being home, being homeschooled with mom and dad. It's tough you know our, our teachers are doing their best to keep everybody up to snuff and on 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 the level um but yeah it's, it's like anything else i mean it's not just at viscardi you know it's across the board this is a new thing for everybody yeah well have you guys sent kind of drills that they could practice even without a basketball have you guys sent drills over for the, the teams yeah, yeah, but you know, most of our kids are, are at least playing, you know, basketball right. on like Xbox or something. Okay, <laughs> you know, we did we did send out some basketballs. Um, I uh, we do have a kid that actually you know created a, a four foot basket, you know, that he's in his backyard. That's awesome. You know, I have another kid that dribbles around his neighborhood. You mm. know, um, you know, again, because even right now the the parks and things like that everything's closed everything's locked up right so even if you had a basketball court in your backyard you know in a park you can't get to it you know, we, so the, the most that we could do is you know kind of dribble around i mean that's what i'm doing i have good. a basketball court in my backyard that's locked up i can't do anything but dribble joe you're a social guy so this must be killing you just as much as anybody else right now oh yeah 
It is. It but is. it is important because we've seen this before where we actually could not compete in 2009 because of the H1N1 because I think one of our kids uh, contracted it. I believe maybe yes. passed away from it if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But yes. we've been there and this is why um, vigilance is so important in the disabled community when handling the corona crisis. Yes. I mean, we as a disabled individual, no matter what condition you are afflicted with, you know, we're behind the eight ball. So something that is not known, you know, there's no answers, there's no cure, there's no vaccine. Something as simple as a cold can knock somebody off their feet very easily. And this seems to be a lot more than a, a common cold. It's nothing, it's, it's not just a flu, it's a big deal. I mean, this it's a big deal. And a lot of us who have compromised immune systems and you know, we are medically fragile, you know, this is very scary. It is. And I'm sure there's so much social distancing that needs to happen in all of these individuals' homes, our students' homes right now. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you, you can't have a lot of contact with, you know, even mom and dad. You know, I, I know my wife is a nurse. She's okay. a home care nurse and she takes care of a young lady. And that is exactly what's going on. Right. You know, the mom and dad live in a house, but there's very little interaction, you know, and if there is, you know, everybody's gowned and gloved and yep. masked because you just don't want, you don't want to take that chance. Joe, we were all frustrated in 09 when H1N1 canceled, but tell me your experience through that, having to say we cannot compete in the games right, and having been told that too. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that would came down from above, so it wasn't our decision. But that was that was a tough phone call that I had to make to the Empire Games and say, hey, you know, we are directly affected by this. Uh, luckily, there weren't a lot of people, you know, in our circle. Right. right? And, the, and the, the tournament did go on and the other teams did play. Um, but yeah, we, we couldn't go. We couldn't even, you know, send a kid, not even basketball, but track and field and things like that right. just because of the unknown. Um, that was tough. The first time, I mean, I grew up on the games. I was there, you know, as an athlete for the very first one. So, I, you know, wow. in 2009, you know, me personally, that was the first one I missed either as an athlete, a volunteer or a coach. I've been to every one except that one. And, and of course, now this year. Joe, I think I put video, but I definitely took pictures. It's amazing God's timing that you were able to do this, the, the speaker, you know, keynote last year. And yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that, was, that must have been, you know, chilling in a way. That was a great honor. I mean, like I said, I grew up on these games. I know what, you know, they've done for me. I know what they mean to everybody. Um, and to be asked to be the keynote speaker at last year's games, that was definitely a highlight in my, my life. And it just shows you, you know, Joe Salonica has moved from just being on the court to being everywhere. He's got the ambassador program with Viscardi. Uh, maybe we can wait on that. And now you're part of the Spina Bifida Association of New York State. Congratulations there. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there in age and, you know, my, my playing career, you know, seems to be kind of, you know, behind me a little bit. So, but I still want to be active. I still want to, you know, promote the games and, you know, the sports and things like that. And I want to advocate. I'm, I've become um, 
more into the advocacy. Right. Um, so with being born with spina bifida and having the spina bifida association, there was an opportunity to uh, become a board member. So I jumped on it and uh, yeah, it's been different, you know, again, because now, you know, my first year as board member, you know, two months into it, we're, you know, socially distancing. If someone does have that uh, spine bifida and they're listening now, how can they contact you for just encouragement and to get involved with the association? Um, well, we do have a website, you know, web and, um, and all the information and contact information is on the website. It's S-B-A-N-E-N-Y.com, Spanini.com. Very cool. Well, you know, Joe, also, I think the advocacy came in because we had seen threats to Viscardi have its funding cut. We're a 4201, you know, school, and I'm pretty sure seeing that was almost going to be cut really drove you into the advocacy part of this. Yeah, yeah. It's, It's very scary to know that in any given moment, you know, funding for a program such as Viscardi can be cut and not even looked at as a problem. Um, so I really took charge and, you know, wanted to become an advocate and, you know, be able to go up to Albany and even, you know, down here in Long Island and talk to our local officials about how important a school like Viscardi is. And you bring our kids up there, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a learning experience. So we have the opportunity to bring a couple of kids and their parents, you know, to help advocate, you know, we have a program, I create a program probably about 10 or 11 years ago called the Viscardi Ambassadors. And we do what I call disability awareness days. And we go to area schools and talk about disabilities and what it's like to have a disability and the advantages of being a Viscardi student. But the most important thing is the kids that we speak to, um, all able-bodied kids, you know, it gives them an opportunity to ask questions that m- they might have right. that they've never been able to ask before. I've been, you know, approached and, you know, it's been said, hey, I've never seen a guy in a wheelchair before, you know. And so now we, you know, they ask a question, we answer it. They are now going home with a good, correct they being like our assembly people, right? Say again? They being like the assembly people that we meet up there in Albany and such? Well, and yes, yes, that too. You know, I've, we've done, you know, programs with the adults and things like that. But we, you know, we, we focus a lot on school-age kids. That's good. Um, well, that's done, right. You were doing all those trips to schools before this pandemic hit, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right, right. We do, you know, at elementary school or middle school or high school. We've gone to some colleges. We've even spoken in front of some businesses like JetBlue Airlines, um, Computer Associates, Canon. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and today would have been the Mets night at at City Field, so that's by the wayside now. But those year, those nights are always fun. But I've got to ask you your favorite memory because a week from you know tomorrow would have been the opening ceremonies for the games. Uh, favorite memory from the games that that you won't ever forget. Honestly, my my favorite memory. I have a few. I mean, you know, I of have course. one as a I have a one as an athlete. You know, when I was an athlete, you know, back you know in the nineties and whatnot, um, mm-hmm. I played. My game was table tennis. Right. Okay. I wasn't in. I wasn't into the track and field and things like that. 
I was into table tennis. And, you know, I probably have 10 or 11 gold medals at home. That's awesome. From, you know, uh, table tennis. I love table tennis. Mm. Uh, And then just to be a coach and be on the the National Community College floor and win that gold medal, Mm. you know, it's a fantastic feeling. Well, then you remember, just like I do, the same year that Jordan, I think, won in 97, Jeannie Oberg was running up and down the court, giving us championship shirts. And I'll never forget that moment on the court. Have that shirt. Yeah, I believe we do somewhere in the house here. But that was, um, it was incredible that that year. Was, I still uh, have that shirt, yeah. And for me also, the final year, which ended up being, I mean, we didn't know, but 08 was like, you had Matt Limbaugh, you had all those kids from from our generation. and. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we are very lucky at Viscardi. We have a lot of great families, a lot of great students uh, that turned into a lot of great ball players. We had a lot of good luck on the mm-hmm. basketball court. And we can't go by without saying the guys who come to Sports Night every year help make that possible too. Yeah, Sports Night, I mean, it's phenomenal. You know, the, the athletes that come and, you know, do the meet and greet, the, sign the autographs and things like that. That's where it's at. I mean, you know, I a couple of years ago I got to meet uh, you know Joe Namath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and a lot of those, you know, we had Eli there too, and he just retired, but he was there while he was a giant, so it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah. How we've yeah. gotten people there. So obviously it's financially tough, but when things do come around, um, and we did actually have an auction for that night, actually end on Friday night. I don't know how we did with that or not, but. Overall, when you when we can contribute again, what can people do to make sure our programs keep running? Well, again, you know, we, we always take, you know, donations and things like that. You can visit our website, viscardicenter.org. Um, there's always great ways to um, donate money, and there's always great ways to, you know, come in and be a volunteer if you want to give that way. You know? And uh, by the way, we, uh, I, I will, will obviously say hi to Steve Vaccaro. He's one of our mutual friends through all of this. Yeah, Ray Negron. Yeah, so. I'm, a, I'm actually going to see Steve later tonight. What's it like? Okay, so what's it like sharing your story, sharing Viscardi's story on all these platforms? It really is carrying on the legacy of Dr. Viscardi. I, I love what you guys do. You know, I love what you do. I love what Steve does. You know, that you guys are community-based. You get the word out. You know, you, you know, there's no, there's no frills with you guys, you know, you know, you're, you're straight to the point, you know, and you're just, you know, you guys, you love what you do, you know. Well, you created shows. me, you know, you created this because for those who don't know, Joe Salonica on my, uh, uh, every morning would say, you want to do public address announcements? I'm like, yeah, why not? And I didn't get the pledge right half the time, but that's okay. Joe gave me that outlet. I remember that to this day. But you know what? That's you know that's where you start. You know yep. somebody does the pledge in the morning announcements, and look at where you are now. You and they got me job. involved with the play-by-play of the basketball. So thank you. I've been yeah, doing you know, this. You, thing. you went to college. You graduated. You know. And who knew where that would, how life would go after Viscardi, and yet here we are. So and here we are, and you know you got nowhere else but up. But and thank you for everything you've done the last twenty-something years. It's been oh, incredible. Thank you, Alex. And, you said you go to a lot of Nick games. Fun story. He found my dad and I outside the garden, and he was like, "You want to ride?" So he just he took us away, took us home. If you remember that, yes. 
Yep. That was after I think the Pacers. Oh, and watching Reggie Miller. He was a killer against the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. He heard us. Every time that guy got on the court, he heard us. Uh, I can't wait to the Knicks. I can't wait to the Knicks get back to that kind of ball. Well, and that's the thing. I don't well, we can talk that for another conversation, but I it feels like a long time coming. That's the problem. It's gonna be a long time from now before we get back. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you miss your Mets. You know, that's another thing around this time. Yeah, Everybody, you know, the Mets, the, I mean, the, the island, I'm, I'm all about sports. You know, my, my Jets, you know, I'm always, uh, you know, the, now is always the time to be asked optimistic about the Jets. At least the draft picks weren't too terrible this year. For no, guys, I, so. I liked it. We got some O-line. We got a nice wide receiver. Hopefully we use so, them correctly. I don't know if everybody, anyone's ever told you this, but when I heard Michael Jordan talk about the game, I thought I was listening to Joe Salonica. That mentality of, we're going to push these guys till they cannot, you know, we're going to push them to be successful. I mean, you both come from that same, you know, cloth, you know, sort of cut from the same cloth of wanting to win. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, just because we have a disability doesn't mean we can't get pushed. Doesn't mean that, you know, there's more to what, there, you know, what we have now doesn't mean that we can't achieve more than what we have now. You right. need somebody behind you sometimes to give that little nudge and to be a coach for, you know, the Viscardi basketball program and show the kids that, hey, if I could do it, you could do it. Right. And, you, you know, know, Joe, it's almost like a compliment to be pushed, right? It's not like, Oh, right. we're not, we're not, uh, you know, you can do this. And it, no. it's like, no, we got to be told you have to do this. You know, they're, 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 I'm not going to get this correct, but there's a saying out there. You, you worry about when the coach doesn't talk to you. Yeah. Right. You, you know, when the coach is, you know, in your face, they're pushing you because they know you could do more. Mm. You worry about when the coach is not talking to you. <laughs> And that's such a general rule, I feel like. If they're not yelling at you, if they're not, you know, trying to make you better, then they've given up, in a sense. Right. So, right. and yeah. you know what? I've hey, always hey. said, I've always said. I yell at all my kids the same. I always say, able-bodied, even parents with kids that, you know, maybe those on the upper seats, upper side, and those who, who have able-bodied kids, and they kind of just hand them off to nannies or whatever. People have to come to these games to see what it's really like. I think that would be such an eye-opener. Yeah, I mean – Definitely. If you haven't seen the Empire Games for the Physically Challenged, whether it's a basketball tournament or track and field or swimming or table tennis, it is a life changer. It it would put things in perspective. Um, you'll have a great time, you know, and you'll come out of there a better person. Exactly. You know? And I've never asked us, is, is the Viscardi tournament always open to the public too, or do we kind of keep that closed into just... No, it's always open. You know, the Viscardi tournament we host uh, early December, uh, usually that first Saturday in December, and it's always open. It's free to come in, uh, family, friends, neighbors, you know, your, your listeners, you know, if, if you're out there listening to Alex, if you want to come, check out the website viscardicenter.org right. all the dates and information will be there um absolutely joe the uh, oh yeah it would be amazing and so can you break some news are we going to have this tournament can you break that news here or is there any news to break on that have the tournament in december is there any news on whether oh, that i don't know i don't no know one knows. right now honestly we are following uh what 
Governor Cuomo says, you know, obviously we're done for the school year, you know, to get into the building, even though we are, you know, we are doing distance learning. Uh, we are waiting to hear what we can do about summer school. Uh, right, that's the next big thing. For that's the, the next big thing, whether it's going to be held virtual or in the building. And then, quite honestly, you know, there's going to be more conversation about September right. and what that's going to look like, you know, because if we want, in order to get into the building, things need to change. Um, so we're I think we're going to have temporal checks everywhere now. It seems like that's what's yeah. going to be the next norm. We're, gonna, we're trying to figure all that stuff out now ahead of time. So when governor says it's a go, we can hit the ground running. Um, so, but you know, it's, it's step-by-step, step, it's day-by-day, the, the December tournament is, you know, in the near future, but it's not on the, it's not I mean, on the front burner yet. Right. Yeah. Well, Joe, and, and one more thing, cause we did talk about loss and this school has suffered a lot of loss. And so for those who are losing parents and losing people, um, that aren't in this community that don't really experience it often, what do you have? for encouragement for them that's tough you know we do we do suffer a lot of loss at viscardi our kids are medically fragile you know and you know their disability does take them uh you just got to hold on to the good thoughts the good memories of you know that individual mm -hmm. and just carry the the love in your heart right you know, always and forever and we do that um, with our own family, with Dr. V, with the Viscardi family every day. Absolutely. Every day. You know, you think about these people every day. You get up, you think about Dr. V. You get up, you think about Scotty. Mm -hmm. right? you, you do. You, you think about every kid that has, you know, crossed your path. And I haven't heard, but no one, thank God, has been suffering from COVID in the community, right? Like we're all pretty staying healthy right now. That is correct. As far as I know, we're we're good to go. I know, you know, some of us, some of the staff members, you know, know people that have gotten sick. Mm. But right now, um, none of our students okay, good. have been affected. That is that is great news. So please come back. Keep us updated on what's going Absolutely. on with this. This is fantastic. I love I love you. I love your show. You're I love you too, stuff. buddy. And we'll uh, we'll definitely have you back. And uh, thanks again for joining today. Thank you, sir.